Welcome to God Talks with Joey Oswald. All right, good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) Today we have my mother, Char Oswald. Give her a round of applause. All right, mom, give us a quick autobiography of your life. Try to keep it under two minutes. Ready, set, go. Okay, my name, my birth name is Char Bland, and then I married my husband, Brent, so it is Char Oswald. I was born in Columbus, Ohio, to Arthur slash Barney and Edith Bland. Um, When I was three years old, my father moved us out of the city to a small town about three hours away called Brimfield, Ohio. At that time in my life, there were seven siblings. Um, We grew up what I thought would be a very normal life, but as I'm older, I realized it was probably the most untraditional, chaotic, crazy life that probably anybody could have been raised in. Um... Went to field high school. I loved it. Um, Amazing relationships with some couple close friends and great sisters and a brother that were amazing. Um, I had my first child out of wedlock when, and his name was Joshua. A few years later, my brother died in a tragic accident. And a little while after that, I met my future husband, Brent, and he adopted my son, Joshua. And then we had four more children together, raised them most of their lives in a little town called Hartville. It was amazing. And um, we still live in the next town over. Um, Many, many ups and downs. Recently, I lost my mother. Uh, my best friend and my aunt within the last year. And uh, other than that, just living the dream. Living the dream. Dang. That was a minute and 56 seconds. That was perfect. Drop the bomb. Wow. That was incredible. See what experience does to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the main premise of this is I'm super interested in people's beliefs about God because I think the most important question we can ask is does God exist? And if he does, that impacts our day-to-day life in a, in a sense that it wouldn't if there was no God. So a lot of people think, okay, if there is a God, I should spend my whole life chasing after him and, and pleasing him versus if there is no God, well, then the only goal in life is to satisfy our own desires. And I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but that's what a lot of people think. So my, my first question is, do you believe in God? Absolutely. All right. And then why or why not? Or, well, I guess, why do you believe in God? Well, I think it it changes throughout people's lives. At least mine, it did. So as a little girl, I believed in God because I was told there was a God. And um, my father was a lot of things, but he absolutely made sure, uh, and my mother, that we were very aware of God. And um, as I got older, when my brother died, I think everybody questioned why did this happen, and I never did 
and I know the reason I never did was two reasons. One, I was never going to get the answer. So why beat my head against that wall? And two, I knew there was a God. So I knew no matter what, that's where he was because he impacted my life midlife with God mm. and reintroduced him to me just a few years before he died. Um, so your brother actually, he believed in God. What were his beliefs regarding God? Your brother so, Danny. Yeah, my brother Danny was, uh, actually both of my brothers were very strong into the religion, my brother Troy and Danny. And Danny died when he was how old? 26. 26. 26, a uh, firm believer in Christ. He actually was going to Malone College for a while. And you know what? He screwed up a lot. And the one great thing about it was no matter how much he screwed up, he still knew that Jesus Christ loved him. And um, at that time in my life, I screwed up a lot. And he just made sure I knew that Jesus Christ loved me. I can remember late nights, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, having friends over and him getting the book out. And he was real big on Revelation, and I was not. <laughs> because, you know, I don't need to know how that's going to happen. I'm not going to be here. Kind of thing. That was my mentality. Right, yeah. Like, I don't need to know all that horrific stuff. And my grandmother was Catholic most of her life, and she was afraid of God. Mom? Yeah, my mama. She was afraid of God, and she's talked mm. to me about that a lot. And so I never wanted to be afraid of God. Fearing God and being afraid of God were two different things, but at my mid-20s, I didn't know the difference between that. Okay, so he was 26. You were how old? 23. And he was just kind of preaching the gospel to you just throughout your day-to-day -day life, just randomly at different times. And he lived the gospel. And he I lived mean, it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I hear stories about him. Like he had a TV one day and a brand-new game set. And it was just gone the next day. Here he'd met a woman, and she had children, and they couldn't afford it. And he just took the TV and that brand new thing to him, and he never bragged about it. You know, he missed a bus coming home um, mm -hmm. to carry an old lady's groceries. So he lived it. Yeah. I mean, I've just heard stories that just seem to be unbelievable. Like, I wouldn't believe them if, no. if I hadn't heard them from all hundred of your siblings. And they all told me the same story, so I knew it was true. But... I remember a story about how he had gotten a date with this girl and he ended up showing up late and she was so mad that he showed up late and he just said that, well, he, well, he had met a homeless person and he needed to take them somewhere and he wanted to buy them things and, and she didn't believe it and ended up breaking up with him. But that was the, the true story. True. He postponed his own desire to go on this date with a, with a woman and instead help someone who he saw struggling and helped them. 100%. That's how he lived his life, and he never talked about it. Mm. He just lived his life like that. And anybody who's ever met him, whether you loved him or hated him, would tell you there was something about him that mm -hmm. was different. And it wasn't because Absolutely. Jesus loved him more, um, but he was special, and I think that was the special thing about him, um, was that he was able to show us through how he lived his life. And it's crazy. It almost sounds like he's this, in my mind, he's like this superhuman. Yeah. And, I mean, we know he's not. He was just a normal human. But he had this power through God and this sense of morality to do the right things. And through that, he has probably impacted our life and other people's lives more than 
if he had still been around today. Right. And I think that's something that that God knew in his providence and, and God ultimately knowing how things are going to play out in certain situations. And so God allowed him to die for the benefit of his kingdom. And, and I think that's, that's beautiful, but. And religion for me, God is, um, I don't truly in my heart believe that when my brother was born, you know, God knew his, what days, how many numbered days he had. Mm hmm. Um, that's something you've always said. And I don't ever think that he was supposed to die at 26, but I think in the Bible, it tells us many times, um, God never turns his back on you, but you just can only test fate so many times before God says, you know what? It's just kind of time to come home right now. And you were saying he was testing fate when he died constantly. Con and I think at that moment, constantly, it, constantly, you know, you don't jump off of buildings to other buildings. You know, he was never doing bad things. Um, well, he was doing bad things, right, times, but, yeah. um, you know, you, you don't hang out at the side of a pickup truck going 65 miles an hour through the hills of West Virginia and expect not to fall. But there is no but part of it. he had done it before. That a million times. <laughs> a million times. And I think it was just God saw what the end result of that accident was going to be. And in that moment, I think he knew that um, it was just going to be time for him to come home. Yeah. You know, I always picture my brother being kind of like the next Billy Graham, yeah. but like in a cool kind of way. In a modern sense. Yeah. yeah. So. That's beautiful. Um, so you grew up, you said from a very young age, your parents believed in God and instilled those values in you. Did you guys go to church as kids? Or? We went to a lot of churches. It's, there were so many uh, great things about my father. You won't get that from all of my siblings. But for <laughs> me, as a young child, I watched a lot of things with him. Um, and he exposed us to a lot. He exposed us to people of all nationalities and colors. Um, he exposed us to every type of religion there was, um, whether it be a gospel church, a Baptist church, a Catholic church. Um, but, you know, a lot of it was so more... So was he raised Catholic? He was raised severe Catholic, what ultra about boy. Your mom? She was raised... Um, in the church? Oh, big in the church. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. She could quote anything in the Bible. Because <laughs> I have her mom's Bible. So my, right. it would have been my great-grandma's Bible. And her, so my, your great-grandmother, Bernice. How old was she when she died? 70. And your mom was 75? Yeah, 74 and she was 75. Or my 75 and 76. They so were, did I ever meet her? Yeah, quite I often. Did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. So she grew up, your mom grew up in the church, and so did your dad. But my mom grew up more in the church because of her grandmother oh, her, versus not, her mother. So my great-great-grandma. Yes. Her mother was uh, religious, but she worked on Sunday. She was a single mom. Really? Yeah. But So your mom's grandma, Helped your great-grandma, my great-grandmother, took your mom to church. Right around the corner on Bellows Avenue in Columbus, Where was that? In the Columbus. bottoms. So both your parents were from Columbus. Yep. Okay. My mom was from Chillicothe for portions of her life. And they grew up in the church. And then you had this crazy family that from the outward. We would go back then. Um, church buses were big. And mm. so um, my parents didn't always get up and go to church on Sundays. But um, my brother would get us girls up or we would go and get on that church bus. We, Us four, uh, Danny, Summer, Ember, and me all got baptized. My parents weren't there. They weren't even there. No, Where no did you we get walked to church up at, uh, it's funny, it's the church beside the cemetery my brother is buried at. And that your mom's going to be buried at. Yeah. In Brimfield. Yeah, That's and it was a Baptist church. And it was um, Pastor um, Pierce, I think was his last name. 
Um, they were wonderful people to us kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would just Who walk. took you to church if your parents didn't? We would just walk. You'd walk to we church? We'd walk to church. Why? If we're, did they make you? No. We just decided we wanted to go to church. Dang. Was it your brother? My brother would take us. We would walk up the road, and then he got our neighbors, the Catos, to start going with them. So Was we would Troy all go. Troy living with you? Nope. Um, at that time, Troy had left for the military. And he's Troy. older. Yeah. And he didn't find Jesus till. uh he said, till the devil really found him. Yeah, his story is crazy. Yeah. All your stories are crazy, and I'd love to interview. So, and then too. through high school, I basically just went to church with, like, friends. Every Sunday or just no, whenever? No, just occasional Sundays. Um, different churches with friends? Different churches. What, I had do you friends know what that, denomination? Yeah, I had a couple that were Catholic, that Gretchen Woods. You'd I go would to go Catholic with them. Mass? I had a Catholic Mass wow. with them. I would go, my one friend was um, very deep what I would consider Southern Baptist. Okay. Um, I went to a couple Presbyterian churches, a couple Lutheran churches. Um, my best friend Tracy um, went to a Baptist church. I would go sometimes with them. And could you tell like disparities? Like, oh, I feel more connected at this church versus this church. Or were you always, I always like, yeah, felt, they all love Jesus? No, I always felt more connected in a gospel type of church um, because to me I like received, singing and I received the word through music mm. I I received so much more of a word and a message from God through uh, gospel music mm. and even a lot of the new music you kids exposed me to um, we've all inherited that I can yeah. hear that word in that I can feel the word and I feel like you have to feel the word and for me that's how I feel it that's my church so you feel that more than during the actual sermon more than them actually absolutely yeah yeah until Pastor Ryan Pastor Ryan at FCC yeah someone else I'd love to have on here so all right dang it's already 14 minutes okay I could talk to you on to the next forever we can do part two next yeah well we well we can probably do a hundred parts and it wouldn't be enough so you were raised in the church throughout high school. You went to Ish. a bunch of different... Yeah. You were raised with Christian values. You were raised believing in God, even though from the outward appearance, it probably doesn't appear that your family brother, was a Christian family. My brother made sure he went and got himself into a Christian college, Malone College. Was that from your parents' influence or was that from no, him? That was from him when, when, he re, uh, when God reintroduced himself into... Jo- uh, Danny Joshua's <laughs> into Danny's life. Um, it was a push and a strive, and he would be like a security guy at Christian concerts mm-hmm. and stuff. And just through sheer, um, I'm going to do this and make a better life for me and what was his girlfriend at the time. So, do you think he was born into that, or that was something that he strove to find and ultimately found it, or it was literally just God handpicking him? I, I, God handpicked him 100%. Because, like, the crazy stories that we could get into. There's no reason any of you should believe in God at all, let alone be as strong in your faith as you are. But as you can see it through anything in life, how people respond to those those traumatic experiences are either for the better or for the worse. And you guys all have these optimistic outlooks. Right. My oldest brother, Troy, um, found God again. I would say again. Mm -hmm. He didn't find God. God was never lost. We were lost. in his, when his second son was born and um, him and his wife would smoke a lot of marijuana and lay in bed and not do much. And Tony started going to church and um, really finding that. And Troy just said he would just always act sick and she knew he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And he said he was laying in bed one day. So his advice to me was, <coughs> this is how God works. You know, you either find him along the way. Mm-hmm. He comes and walks with you. 
mm-hmm. or he just grabs you and whips <laughs> you up. And he said, and that was me. That's so that crazy. day he said he knew either Satan was going to win or God was going to win and God won. Wow. That so. reminds me that that uh, we used to have it hanging, Aunt Debbie has it hanging out, the, the Footprints in the Sand poem. Yes. And it's not actually scripture, but it's just so beautiful. And it talks about God carrying us in times when we couldn't walk. We don't even remember. We couldn't get up, do anything on our own. And that's right. what's beautiful about the gospel. So all these experiences, plus so many more that we could name, led you to this belief in God. But what would you say if someone asked you, well, why do you believe in God? I mean, we have scientific evidence to prove it or disprove it, depending on what side. Is it scientific for you? Is it philosophical? Is it just pure emotions? Or what ultimately leads you to saying, yes, there was a creator? So for me, it's a couple different things. But my biggest one is is faith. Um, you know, to feel something inside of your body. You know, sometimes I hear God, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't get moved like other people do, and I get mm-hmm. jealous of that with other people, right. which biblically you shouldn't be. But oh, we all do. Um, for me, it's faith. It is believing in something so deeply that you don't have to see it, touch it, feel it, sit on it, anything. It, it's that real. You just know it's true without ever having to. I, and I've never had to have proof. I've never had to have somebody tell me because the other side of that I have felt as deeply, Mm -hmm. which is bad and evil and Mm -hmm. dark and ugly. So if there's Satan, Mm -hmm. I have seen that with my own eyes. So you know there's good because you've seen the evil, because of the traumatic experiences you've been through. And so, I mean, that's the whole thing. If, If there is no God, well, there is no good. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And since there is evil, well, if there's no God, then nothing's evil. Right. But you experience that evil and that, those horrible things. I've watched evil go into people and then it be projected onto me. Mm. I have watched evil be in me and I have projected that onto other people. I know the only thing that takes you out of that darkness is that light. But how do you, you went, you were abused. You guys did, had a horrible childhood and of course there were great things that came from your childhood but you had a horrible childhood comparatively and how did you retrospectively when you realized hey this isn't a normal childhood how did you remain faithful to God instead of saying there is no God God wouldn't allow these horrible things to happen to me I never questioned that because on the the day I didn't the days I didn't have heat there were seven kids sleeping on a kitchen floor keeping each other warm. Mm. So that is God. So on the days multiple that we didn't have electricity, somehow there was light provided. Hmm. The days where I was hungry only happened when there were opportunities for me to have food. Um, but what about the, the physical abuse that you the physical abuse to me, I even look back as a young kid, and I probably asserted, not physical abuse, but um, uh, fear, mm. and probably my our, your brother, Josh, more than anything, because mm-hmm. you're raised a certain way. Um, how I knew that was somehow in the worst of the being raised by your hair and shaken at six years old, um, and... and I know people have had it far worse than us, but in that moment, that 
same circle of light comes around you. And at that time, it was two, three siblings. You know, there was always us four, but there was always safety somewhere. And so I just knew as a young girl, I was not afraid. I was not afraid to be beaten. I was not afraid to be shaken. I was not afraid to hit somebody. I was not afraid to protect anybody. You're still not afraid. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just did, have never had that fear. Even when I was afraid, I would never show that. How do you change the cycle, though, from you being abused and you growing up with all these horrible things to providing, a, I mean, the best childhood that I could ask for? How do you change that from what you experienced? to what you gifted to us because i looked in the mirror one day before any of you th four probably but three were born and it was a process it's been a 25 year process um and just said no i am in this very moment it was literally a moment i'm in this very moment as ugly as ugly has been to me mm. i was never physically violent or anything like that no. But I felt that ugliness inside me and just knew, no, like that doesn't get, that doesn't get to happen to my kids. Even though I knew this was the way it was, it's mm -hmm. not the way it needs to be. And that's what's just crazy to me is because I can see it. I was talking to Noah about this a while ago is when these horrible things in your life happen, like they've happened to you and your siblings, you can respond in two ways. You can do the exact same thing that was done to you which is the easiest choice. I mean, we are what, what we're exposed to. Or you can completely flip the cycle, which is what you did. But how did you muster up that strength to say, no, I'm not going to do what was done to me? So I feel like a lot of people think it's ah, cuckoo, but I feel like there's a physicality of God with me with that. Mm. Because I've prayed on it and prayed on it and prayed on it. And so funny things happen to me because I will still fight mm. that every day. Every day it's a battle. And... I will feel my chest tighten. Wow. That's not a heart attack. I will feel my mind literally stop and give me a, wait a minute, make this choice. It's always a choice, but I mentally and physically feel God. I have literally not seen, but physically felt Jesus Christ beside me saying, yeah. do you really think this is a good choice? That's the Holy Spirit inside yeah. of you. Yeah. So that's the difference between now and then is there are there are physical things that happen to me. Almost like that somebody smacking you in the forehead kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess going off that, how does your belief in God that we talked about how you came to the conclusion, how does the your belief in, in Jesus impact your day-to-day -day life? I want to be better not to get into heaven. My grandmother used to say as a Catholic, you had to do good things to get to heaven. Um, and she used to tell me, don't ever do that. Um, so I want to do better. So as a child, I wanted my father and even mother to love me so much. I was willing to do whatever I had to, to get that attention, whether that was bad or good. So I do those same things, but in a different light. Um, I want to do good by God because not because so I can have eternal life. I'm going to have eternal life with him. But because he is so incredible that I want to please him because of everything he's done so that I can have that. Dang. That's awesome. All right. So you talked about being a Christian and being raised with those views. So give us a 60 second or so. You can go over under 
60-second gospel of Jesus Christ. Ready? Go. So by the gospel, you mean like my beliefs in Jesus Christ, the way he is. So my belief in Jesus Christ, my gospel, I guess my story, my march is that there's this incredible man who had this son who died on a cross. He literally had to carry his cross and march up a hill with thorns on his head and people whipping and beating him and throwing stones at him and died on that cross so that I could and you could and everybody else could have eternal life. And it literally is a choice. And he made that choice for us. And I'm not doing this just for him. I'm doing this because of what he did for us and because of him. So that's kind of my gospel. And I hope that's what you mean by my gospel. Um, that's my story. That's why I love Jesus. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I mean. So how does the Jesus' resurrection, him becoming not just this good man who did these great things, but how does him actually being divine and being resurrected affect your faith? Or how do you see that being important? Because a lot of people view Jesus, I mean, it's universally recognized that he was a real person. That used to be a thing that atheists would say, Jesus didn't even exist. Well, now even the most knowledgeable atheists don't think that. They, everyone concedes that Jesus was born, that he was a person, that from outside the Bible we know that Jesus was born, that he did good works, and we know of his crucifixion, the most gruesome death ever, literally ever in, in history. But how does him being resurrected, which is where atheists and theists disagree, because they just say, yeah, he was crucified, that was the end of it, but we believe in this beautiful resurrection. How does that impact your Christian faith and why is that important? So I'm a biblical person in the sense of I am not like the average person. I don't need to belong to something. I don't need to belong to a religion. I don't need to belong to a church. I need to belong with people who believe in this amazing thing that Jesus Christ did. So to me, it's so uncomprehendable. I'm like that person, like if I think too long about it, mm -hmm. That's when the devil starts creeping in like, really? This Can this really? So I don't allow those things in my head. To me, the fact that every time I'm at my worst of worst, I think about him carrying that cross, marching up that hill, being beaten and nailed to a cross and think, you can't be that ugly person when somebody did this for you. And it's so hard to believe. So him doing it for you, doing that it for resurrection me. gave you eternal life with him. Yeah. So that's what's the, the importance of the you know, resurrection. It's, it's like disappointing your parents. You don't want to disappoint mm -hmm. your parents. Um, but to me, that's the ultimate parent. You know, it's right. the ultimate, the sacrifice that he made. I mean, they didn't have yeah. to, you know, just Christ, God, the Holy, none of this had to happen for us. Yeah. It did because somebody loved us so much. So if I can't show an ounce of that kind of love, so that's what it is to me. On the darkest of the days and the brightest of days, he did that. And that's what's beautiful to me as your son. I could see, and I mean, not obviously, I'm not comparing you to Jesus Christ in any way, but you, you endured those sufferings that you did through as a child. And at any second during my life, you could have put me through the same hell that you went through. But instead, you chose that same love that Christ did to provide 
something greater for us than what you experienced. Same thing with Jesus. You know, he could have, at any moment he wanted to, if you believe that he was God, if you believe he was divine, at any moment he could have withdrew from that suffering. But instead he didn't. He endured it and then provided for us. And that's what you did. You went through it. You endured it. And then in return, provided for us. And, I mean, it's just amazing the support and the love that us as as your kids have and what makes it more crazy is hearing your your story and there's no way you should be as loving as you are and i honestly there were times in my life i didn't ever think i could be let's i mean let's be honest there is nobody that will ever stand over my grave and say oh she was meek and always kind and mm -hmm. you know never brash or anything else um i'm as rough around the edges as you can come and i can mm -hmm. cuss better than anybody else but the fact that I was gifted uh, uh, these five amazing, beautiful souls, and then on top of that, even more, you know, Autumn, Riley, mm -hmm. Noah, uh, the, the love that I've got to experience knowing I'm so undeserving of that mm -hmm. um, is amazing. And I think I love this much. And like literally they say like it's not even – smidge of how much he loves us and it's hard for people to comprehend how can this man love all of these people this much mm -hmm. you know you go to different religions Jehovah all of them you know they believe there's numbered people mm -hmm. and all of that um, I just don't believe that I don't believe a man that has that capacity of love has not provided for everybody down to their last second to come yeah. home the yeah. unconditional love even when we don't deserve it is yeah. what I can see most through you and dad. And it's just incredible because you you didn't experience that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Instead, you got the, the opposite of it. But with us, because you see what Christ did for you, you in return act like Christ to us. And so I know I could call you at any second and you would be there. I mean, you do things all the time for me. Some, sometimes you even go above and beyond. I don't even ask you to do things and and you do it, and I don't deserve it, and none of your children deserve it, but you do it anyway, and that stems from, from your belief in Jesus and what he did for us. And that's just so beautiful because that's you preaching the gospel to your kids without even opening up the Bible because you have it written on your heart. You have the Holy Spirit, and you've seen what Christ has done for you, and in return you act like that towards us. And, and you act like Jesus every single day of your life mm. without ever having to say a word and that's beautiful and that's contagious and and then and i do get that from um <coughs> as a little girl i can remember very quickly like my mother's arms were the safest place in the world but at the mm -hmm. same time i knew we were actually the ones protecting our mother and i don't ever want to make my father sound like a monster because i don't think any of us know um the tragedies and the abuse that mm -hmm. he went through and i don't think any of us will ever know he is a complete mm -hmm. product of the way he was raised but with that being said i know that my mom went left for a long long time mm -hmm. um, and later in my life i saw her coming back around um and i think it was even harder for her losing a son oh yeah i mean all the tragedies your you mom know and dad endured or... and so I go back to that safe spot and always mm -hmm. know that what an what an incredible person. One thing I always said was, um, as nobody was ever going to hurt my kids. Oh my god! From the outside world, anything they were not going to hurt my children, ever. You have no matter that what. mama bear thing that 
if someone even looks at me wrong, you're about to just throw hands with them. Yeah, and listen, and I'm, you know, all of five foot and, you know, 128. Um, but there are times when I stand for what is right, not when I stand for what is you ridiculous. You always stand for what is right. I feel that presence around me. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel there, you know, that, that God, it's not a power he gives me. It is not a protection against what, he's not going to stop a bullet from piercing my heart mm -hmm. if I'm, but... I feel his righteousness inside me saying, you must stand for good. Because if you don't, bad, bad is always going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so for people to act like because of all of these things are happening in the world, mm -hmm. far things worse have happened. If anybody read the Old Testament like we are now, yeah. way, way, way worse. So. Yeah. Dang. That's awesome. One thing I love to ask people is if you could give me advice... So if you could go back in time and whatever, me at 24 years old, what advice would you give to your 24-year-old self? Oh, wow. Um, at 24, you know, the, the funniest thing I hear people say, you know, lean in a little bit more. Lean into what? Lean into my faith. Um, I didn't lose it. I just was, I was so worried about, you know, I was, I was not as educated as the average person my age and, you know, so worried about my future. I didn't believe in myself enough to, you know, become the cop, become the detective and all of these things. And I had a child mm -hmm. on my own. Um, but it would be to just trust in him more. What I know now would it be just trust in him. It will be there. Brent Oswald will still be up the road. You know, I forced a lot of things to happen in my life before God was ready for me to have them. But, you know, we go back to free will. Mm -hmm. So I would tell my 24-year-old self to just lean in and trust him a little bit more. Just lean in and trust him. And, and you know that his plan is better than anything that you could muster up right. yourself. Dang. And write in a journal. Write in a journal. <laughs> there you have it. Lean into the Lord and write in a journal. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Mother, for this wonderful... It was Talk. wonderful. Mwah. Thank you for listening to God Talks with Joey Oswald.